Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniatures gaming podcast. Now, so this week I've been like thinking about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the movie. I don't know, you remember that one, right? It might just be because we're in Toronto, yes. so we're biased, and we're like, oh, it was based in Toronto, so that was a cool yeah. movie. Which, it, I don't well, know, maybe also, it was. Maybe there's it a new TV show that came out. Sorry, am I spoiling what you, what you were going to he, he head into, sorry? No, not at all. There's a new Netflix TV show for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World coming out now, so maybe you saw some advertisements for it. Mm, yeah, well, my thing is, that, that movie you basically described as people who were, like, obsessed with, like, indie culture, like, knowing uh-huh. about the things that nobody else knows about, being the first one to hear about this thing yeah. and, like, having Definitely all that hipster. one. Definitely hipster. Yeah. Very hipster, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can see that overlapping with gamers, too. They're just being like, oh, man, you haven't heard of this weird thing in this universe. Yeah. So... So, so what of... you're saying is, if we were into music, we would mm-hmm. be characters in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, as opposed to miniature gamers, which makes us... There's no movie about miniature gamers. So. No, not really. And and just trying to write this list for Frostgrave, I'm uh-huh. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get really, like, hipster over this list. I'm going to have uh-huh. to, like, do the thing that nobody else knows about or discover the new trend to, okay. to, make, this, so... to make this one work. So you are saying that actually not only would you be Scott Pilgrim, but you are the the Scott Pilgrim-esque character in the Frostgrave universe. No, I don't think I want – I'm not Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I'm just one of the other bystanders. Yeah, not that. Who's, uh, that guy's kind of an asshole, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the nicer characters, you know? But who's also still into that scene of being some form of a terrible hipster. Sure, uh, and I think I've mentioned many times that that's just yeah. Also, who the type of person I am, I, I I'm pretty sure I, I I I used to like to think I was just you know a nerd. I was just really into a lot of things, but I feel like that special snowflake thing that turns a nerd into a hipster is in me. So yeah. So uh, so Scott Pilgrim versus the World being based in Toronto was very descriptive. All of us, yep. all of us, terrible older millennials were all like that. Yes. I okay, just sure. actually got the color edition of the comic books of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So, yes. I feel like we're terrible people now. Oh, okay. First of all, yeah. great show, great comic. Okay. Based in Toronto, what's not to love? I got the, the new box that I got has a slipcover, mm-hmm. and it says Scott Pilgrim, but it is the Honest Ed's logo sign. And I... And, uh, I got it for my birthday, right? So my sister mm-hmm. who got it was like, why is that the Honest Ed sign? And we got to have this entire conversation, but I told my sister, who is not into comics at all, yeah. telling her about, you know, how I'm a hipster, and also I like to read comics about hipsters too. Yeah, for those who aren't listening, Honest Ed is basically like a department store, but it's like not a chain. Classic it's just, department store. It's just one of them is around for like, I have no idea how long. And I lived like longest right period, to yeah. It finally got bulldozed to put up condos. Yay. That's very Toronto as well. But let's move on from our city <laughs> and how how soulless. It's upsetting. We might be. As as a Torontonian hipster, it's very upsetting that the that it got uh taken down along with Sam the record man's uh you know, giant billboard. Mm-hmm. And also I'm scared of the beguiling, which is our 
like basically the best comic store in Toronto going out of business too. Shout out to the Beguiling. All right. Well, let's talk about <laughs> other things like like Frostgrave, I suppose. Oh yeah, and yeah. Our, and our, about and our hipster take on this because we're apparently yeah. nothing but dirty hipsters. Yeah, this is a miniature gaming podcast that I keep on forgetting. Yeah, so uh, today is another day of Frostgrave 101. I think this is lesson eight or sure. nine. It's a, it's definitely a lesson, anyways. Mm-hmm. This one we is a continuation of going through all the different schools in Frostgrave. And so what are we up to now? We are up to the sigilist. Ooh, the sigilist. So do you want to describe um, how we rate each one of uh, these these schools as we've been going through? Sure, why not? We, we'll get started with the tier list because everything's about tier lists for ranking the spells of the sigilist. So from sort of A, B, C, and then just flat out F spells. Mm-hmm. Then sort of for the complementary schools, the three complementary schools that, that the sigilist happens to have, what sort of spells you'd be looking to from those complementaries, and then the neutrals that you think fit for two or more you'd sort of do a build for, and then your preferred, like a preferred loadout if you were going to build the sigilist. Yeah, as a starter starter pack. Yep. All right. Without uh, any further going. ado, let's get it going. Yeah. First one is Absorb Knowledge. This is a out-of-game spell after the game with a TN of 12. And it's very, very simple. If you succeed, the wizard only the wizard can cast it. Mm-hmm. And if you succeed, you get 40 experience points. Uh, that can be above the 300 experience points cap of a normal uh, game. But you cannot cast this if your wizard was taken out of the game, like reduced to zero health, basically, in the previous game. So what do you think? What rating? So I think this is a nice support spell. It just, you get free stuff off of it, potentially. Yep. It's out of game. It's a lot. It's out of game, so you don't have to be, yeah, 40 XP is a lot. So I give it solid B, just like I do most solid support spells. It doesn't get an a spells I expect to be game changers. This is just solid support. I would agree. There's nothing bad about this spell. It's not quite... It's strong, but not at 40 XP, not quite overpowered. You basically mm-hmm. have to cast it... Have to have succeeded casting it three times to get a level, which... And every game, you basically get two levels, right? So, in general, it'll take you something like five games to get an extra level. Which is not crazy. Like, oftentimes, if you just do better in the game, you will get those XPs, right? So, yeah. But still good. Yeah, I think 100 XP would make it an A tier. That'd be pretty crazy, but... That that would be busted. would be bonkers <laughs> at that level, yeah. But that's it's just... It's a nice beef. All right. I don't think there's too much to say about this. There's no real strategy around it. You just, no. You want it for right. campaigns, obviously, not one-off games. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely useless for a one-off game. It's even cast after the game, too. So you're just like, okay, now that we're done our one-off game, let me see if I would have gotten an extra 40 XP. Anyways, the next one, second spell we'll go over, is Bridge. This is a new one. Uh, and it is a TN10 where you can create a bridge in line of sight that is uh, basically a ramp or a staircase that is six-inch long. 
and two inch wide anywhere. So it basically allows you to climb up, but or, or create a permanent bridge to allow your your uh, units to climb up or go over, let's say, uh, some terrain without having to actually, uh, 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 you know, climb over it and lose movement, right? And and uh, unlike a lot of spells like leap, all, everyone can use it, right? When you cast it, um, it will go away at the end of the turn on a roll of one to two in which case it disappears, or you can also uh, have their spellcaster make it disappear uh, when it activates uh, for free, so you don't actually have to spend any actions to do it. And so if it goes away you're on it, you could just fall to the ground? Yes, Uh-oh. you will fall to the ground. So if anyone... that So the bad thing is, if you're trying to, um, you know, like, stay on the bridge to escape someone... Um, you and you stay on it and you roll one or two you will fall down which has happened to me in a game before so Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh yeah uh and you oh the last thing is uh spellcasters can only have one bridge at a time which i think is kind of lame it would be cool to be able to chain them but yeah all right so what do you think about this spell so i think it's hugely dependent on the terrain that your group plays with you honestly need to have like real a lot of vertical going on in the games to make this mm-hmm. see much use. I mean, we've played some games where it was mm-hmm. hugely useful because we put like treasure on top of all sorts of stuff, and maybe that could be part of your strategy is to put mm-hmm. treasure tokens on top of things and then take bridge if your terrain is suitable for that. But I find this is getting into the corner case territory. There's just mm-hmm. so many other things you'd rather be doing in the game. Yeah, I put this. I put this down at the C level. Yeah. I don't put this at the totally useless level because there's something you could do with it. Like, like I just said, you put yeah. terrain on top of things and go, ha ha ha! I can get there faster than you because my bridge. And, but you know. So I actually took this spell because it seemed interesting uh, on our last campaign, and I casted it for the first few games and then never casted it again. Yeah. So this to me is low C. The issue is. Uh, like I said, it disappears, but the, actually the biggest issue is the bridge is kind of short at six. And the other thing is it, you can use it as stairs. So you can kind of, with six inches, you can use it as stairs to go over a wall, a three inch wall. Right. So you go up and down. Right. Um, the problem is you could just probably walk around the wall faster. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You can often walk around the wall faster. And then the other thing uh, it's TN10, which is insane to me. This should definitely be a TN8 spell. If this was a TN8 spell, it could possibly be a B spell, right? Because it allows you know a lot of movement when you do that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because it's TN10, it was just always too hard to cast for too little. You'd rather cast like a leap or something like that. Which if it's if it's allied spell, you well you can't do it from, from a sigilist because those are opposed, but for a lot of different casters, a leap that is uh, and an allied is a ten as well, right? And you're like, but if I'm an actual sigilist, that's as that's as hard as casting a bridge. That's crazy. So I found really, uh, yeah, not very good. I'd say this is almost an F. Yeah, if there's if there's a piece of treasure up at the top of the thing, you just leap a guy up there. Like it, it's faster. Yeah, so it's, many different things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not an F, but it's not. It's hard to justify yeah. doing this. It, it needed tweaking. I think it, it, if it was an 8... Okay, maybe it's a C, because if it was an 8, I would consider it a B. So, 
Hmm. Okay. And long. Well, you're the one, you're eight, the one who tried to make inches. it work. Yeah. If it was an eight and eight inches, then I would say it would become a B. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Next spell, draining word. So this, I love this spell. This is one of the spells I took. Oh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> I took in the previous one. Uh, this is a TN uh, 14, so very high. But basically, when you cast it, uh, you... Uh, choose one spell out of any spells anyone could cast, and that spell from now on gets a minus three to cast. And you can only have one draining word up at one time. Uh, technically, it says it just happens, but I would say it, you should probably create a little, you know, rune or something so that people can dispel it. But mm. rules as written, I don't think you can dispel this game. Oh, good. Spell, dispel this thing, which I think is probably not right Hmm, yeah so what do you think about draining word so there's a lot of a tier spells out there we've talked about things like mind control things like elemental ball this Uh other spellcaster is just gonna like lean on and Mm -hmm. once they're on the table you know that's if you see that's their game plan they're not trying to sort of do a little bit here do a little bit there you see they're going all in on one thing like that having a spell like this is so rewarding Mm-hmm. So, but it's not going to be a game changer. It's not going to be a total game changer. You're just going to force them to take damage to get their spells up, which is good. You're not going to break them. Like, it's not going to break the course of the game, but it's going to get you a nice nice advantage. So, again, I, I see this falling under the support spell category, but this is a strong support spell, so it still just gets a B from me. Yeah, I'd say it's a B. So, when you cast... So, so 14, when I looked at it, uh i thought 14 was high but when you reduce this down uh people will hate you mm-hmm. because <laughs> this basically means that uh if you think about it it reduces it by three right so for every spell that they cast they're now uh often taking three more damage basically right yeah, if it's a spell they're willing to take damage to do they're just taking yeah, but three is a lot every single time they're casting if they're trying to, you know, cast important spells, right? If they're spamming one, it can mm-hmm. often change what they do. And and uh, so I think it's it's surprisingly strong and surprisingly good because the thing with health is your, your health is a resource in Frostgrave, right? So three health doesn't seem that much, but that is often like enough health to stop people from casting a couple spells later into the game. Yeah, especially if they're trying to do the same spell over and over with their Wizard Apprentice, Wizard Apprentice. They're trying to, like, Elemental Ball you, Elemental Ball you, Elemental Ball you. You're like, you're not going to get all those off anymore. Yeah, because they can can pay the three health, right, to get there a couple of times, but that's six damage, which, which is huge. And suddenly, now they're much more vulnerable to a stray shot from your wizard or uh, a crossbow or something like that because they can't don't have the health to like absorb that right so it becomes really dangerous so i really like this spell again though because it's mostly just like a counter to other spells i would say this is b but i i'd never be and and because it's 14 actually if this was 12 it, it would be very even stronger but at 14 good spell generally you have to reduce it by a couple to make it useful uh but i'd say overall this is a b uh solid b yeah, if your opponent's going for more of a mixed bag of, like, mm-hmm. do a little bit here or do a little bit there rather than just trying to go all in, this isn't yeah. going to do all that much. So I might even give it a B-. minus. 
but uh, I, I don't think so. I think a lot of most guys, most mm-hmm. most uh, spellcasters end up uh, leading on one or two spells, and just making that that much harder to cast can really mm-hmm. break, uh, really change the math of of when their your your enemies wizards get exhausted and have to run away and stop casting spells. Maybe I'm just too much of a special special snowflake, and I refuse <laughs> to lean on a spell. Two yep. hips to be like. No, Here's the other thing. If they have spells that need willpower, right? Yes. Your willpower is is based on the casting roll that you succeeded on, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, even if they do succeed at the minus three, it'll be minus three less powerful, right? So, yeah, if they're going, so if they're going for yeah. mind control telekinesis on you, yep. you basically have an advantage yep. of three over and over if they're trying to screw with you that way. Yep, and that means that they basically can't. This is a small thing, but you know, on a ten percent chance of of casting one of these willpower things like mind control, they will get a nineteen or twenty. With draining word, because it's minus three, and because you can only willpower increase something to eighteen, you can never. They will never roll a nineteen or twenty on a mind control anymore with draining word up. Yep. So yep. great spell. Definitely. All right. Continuing. To the next one. This one sure. I know you've taken a whole bunch of times too. This were you just playing yes. Sigilist last time? Yeah, I was playing Sigilist. Wow. I was actually really lucky. Uh, I basically got throughout the campaign, I got almost all of the Sigilist spells. I think I was missing Absorb Knowledge. Oh, neat. And oh, and Push. So I was getting close. I was getting close to you know, being able to ascend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the next spell is Explosive Rune. So this is a TN10. This is a very interesting spell. So you have to place you, uh, a rune uh, within four inches of your spellcaster. And each each uh, spellcaster can have up to three runes. And any uh, enemy that walks into, uh, sorry, moves within one of that rune will set the rune off and then Everyone, friend or foe, within two inches of the rune takes a plus five magic shooting attack. Oh, sorry. Just a magic attack, not a shooting attack. Because it's an explosion. Uh, Yep, there's like, uh, if if you're a wizard or or the spellcaster leaves the table, then uh, each rune disappears on an 11 plus. I don't know why it's so complicated for that. Might as well just make them disappear automatically, but that's fine. Uh, so what do you think about the spell? So when I saw you play it, it felt like a B spell, but uh-huh. then reading it, the whole thing about... <laughs> Thanks! <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. go on. Reading it, I'm like, this thing only goes off when someone moves within one inch, because the whole point yeah. is to create a choke point that they can't get around very easily. Yeah. Like, if it blew up oh, two inches, when they got within two inches, that's a huge choke point you could create, but it's yeah. not creating that big of a choke point. It's only one inch wide, like... Unless you're playing with tight corridors, mm-hmm. your opponent should just be able to spend a bit more movement and go around this. And honestly, you're not planting this on treasure either, because it's next to your spellcaster, and you're yeah, you're probably going to be close to the treasure you've already got. So, mm-hmm. like the utility I see of this is really, really low. Like I'm putting this at a C just because of this only really? only that one inch thing. Yeah. I. Really disagree. I think this is a solid B spell. <clears throat> a plus five attack within uh, two inches is very strong. Now, yeah, because it's the setting off that I have the problem with. So yeah, and and you do have to get close, but four inches is not 
that close. It's not like that exploding spell, which you have to be within three inches. <laughs> uh-huh. And the other thing is you can place it and then walk away. So you can... Uh, so you can... Uh, uh, and, oh, also, uh, when we're playing, we're playing in Maze of Malkor. So there was an item that allows you to... <clears throat> excuse me, move anywhere within 12 inches and then lay it down and then you automatically snap back at the end of the turn, right? Yeah, that's why I so, said when you played it, so it made it look yeah. good because when you do it that way and you can drop yeah. it on your opponent, that's really yeah. cool. So you but can no- lay it You can lay it a lot further mm-hmm. and, you know, as long as you're within, you know, uh, and then make sure that you can get away basically, right? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like... I, I've actually found there's a lot of different things that you can do to make explosive rune go off. First of all, uh, it's only TN10, so it's as as a sigilist, it's pretty easy to cast. It's a very strong cast. Uh, it does a lot of damage, and especially uh, uh, against monsters, uh, this mm. is really strong because it's you know you can you can lay it and then leave and the monsters will just run into the the, the thing right okay that's a decent argument for this because the monsters don't think about strategy of just staying a little away no. the one inch away yeah monsters don't think about that so you can you can blow monsters yep. heads off with this thing so not yeah okay that's a decent and argument. then the other thing is when when enemies will often approach you you can place it four inches and then walk away right so you can cast first so if they get within four inches of you, technically five inches, you can lay the mine and run off, right? Well, or the other the thing, corner. yeah, the other thing is oftentimes people will clump up, right? Because they will try to gang attack someone, okay. and then you can do the same kind of thing, right? So when they clump up, you can place the mine there and then walk away. So this does, though, require you to be able to navigate your sigilist very well right but yeah, there's you're getting really but, close to the line of combat here yeah but you because you can just walk away and plus you can place them in, in opportune areas there's a lot of different spells that allow this to be a lot easier to go off right and to be played uh more safely so um by itself, if you looked at it in a vacuum, I could see it being a lot worse. But there's so many spells that that allow you to use it uh, to your advantage, uh, and just also blocking people off is strong, right? And you yes. can also use your other units to uh, force them into that kind of area. Is there a limit to the number of these you can cast? Three. Three. Yeah, it's a good, decent yeah. number. You can lay exactly. You can lay them down in in different areas. You can uh, push people into them, right? Push people into the mines. Pull people into them. There's like there's so many ways with movement that that you can do in the game that that it is actually much more useful than it, it used to just blow up on you. But now that you can place it four inches away, so you're never close enough for it to blow up on you, it's quite useful. And it also stops, when you get close, you can lay the mine, so it also is a preventative thing uh, from anyone who tries to rush your wizard, because they have to basically, you know, they will basically be running through the mine to get to your wizard. Yeah, that's true. If you play with enough terrain, it's a, yeah. what you should be. We mm-hmm. play. We normally play with enough terrain to make it useful. So in our games, yeah. I would give it a B. I'm worried that a lot of people wouldn't be playing with enough terrain. 
side. It relies on your other spells, but it's quite good. It hits really, really hard. Uh, it's like plus five magic is like two within two inches is the hardest you're going to get outside of the elementalist, right? So great spell, I think. Yeah. All right. Enough about that spell. Next spell. Uh, Furious Quill. So this is also a TN10. Uh, and it automatically goes off. Uh, and the target will suffer minus one move, minus two fight, minus four shoot, and minus two to casting rolls. However, at the start of the turn it activates, it can try, it will test the will. And if it succeeds, then uh, it basically uh, dispels the Furious Quill. Uh-huh. So, uh, what do you think? I think there's a lot of other spells out there that are not, not like, because this is one of the non-damaging shooting spells. There's other non-damaging shooting spells that fully just cause people to like lose an activation, whether it be poison, like I'm trying to think of all the other ones, but there's so many that take away. Uh, no poison, poison uh, needs a will activate. roll. Okay, this one so doesn't need a will roll. So, so this one is similar to uh, the what's the the, the one that oh, bones of the earth, mm-hmm. bones of the earth curse. Uh, What's the other one? Uh, there's a couple of ones that are out there. I think there was four. Yeah, there's a whole bunch that, don't that reduce your activations. I'm trying to think of off that, the top of my head. but Yeah, that affect the enemy without mm-hmm. you, them needing a will roll. Uh, and then, oh, glow, I guess, automatically happens. That, that gives you a blind, Blending light. Blending light needs a will roll. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you need a will roll for it to go off. Yeah. But from these spells, because this one doesn't need a will roll, it's in that other tier of spells. Uh-huh. Um, so, so if you cast it and then attack the person, they will get minus two fight, right? Yeah. I'd rather just give myself plus two fight. And know I have it going on. So I feel this is one of the You can shoot weak. them. Yeah, good. I just... Sure. I All feel right. this is on the weaker end of those, like... like auto, auto, auto hit spells? Yeah, auto hitting sort of curse style reducing your opponent's power spells i feel it's on the weaker end so i want to give sure. it a c because it's on the weekend i think it's a b mm. i think uh you're underestimating how strong it is to auto go off i think all of these all of the spells that uh go off automatically without the opponent having a will roll are all strong uh mm. and i would agree this is weaker than curse i think curse but i think curse is an amazing spell <laughs> so curse is yeah. like bonkers good so I think being a weaker version of Curse still lands you at a solid B. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and this also stops them. Yeah, it's just it's just great, great for it to go off. Being in in a different school um, is just really helpful, especially you know you shoot them uh, right afterwards. You get that minus two, and then if they don't succeed on the will roll, you're getting that minus two all the time. They're slowed down. They basically can't shoot if they actually fail the will roll right at the beginning, right? Because it's still the TN of the spell, right? So you get an extra bonus of anyone that fires at them before they activate will get will get them at minus two, right? So shoot at them or close combat them. So it's not just one guy you super buff and fight them. It's anyone that fights them gets the effective uh, plus two, right? And it's yeah, not just – it also so reduces their damage ability in close combat as well as opposed to the plus two uh, fight. Can so you take just great. what was a complimentary spell if you're going for a double down on this from the illusionist? Ooh, uh, yes, you can. 
All right, interesting, interesting. Maybe maybe we'll see that as one of your builds. I don't know. Yep. Uh, so I think it's a B. I, I and I did use this. I ended up using it quite a bit. It's quite useful. So if I was going to use it, I'd want to double down and then glow them as well. Just go with your wizard. Mm-hmm. Dr- drain. Well, yeah. Give him the quill. <laughs> give him the quill from the wizard. Give him the glow uh-huh. from the apprentice, and then yeah. just shoot them, and they yeah. just fall apart immediately. So. I, it, again, it requires, yeah. too, it requires too much to go off for my liking, so it's still in my C category. Sure. Yeah, I just think you're wrong. I think you're really undervaluing auto-going off mm-hmm. spells. All right. Next spell, uh, Power Word. So this is the uh, opposite of Draining Word. Uh, this is uh, a TN14 as well. But instead of making one spell that you choose uh, be minus three, it is plus three instead. So what do you think about this spell? So I like this more than Draining Word, actually. And it's because I guess, like like we just discussed, I kind of like those spells where they get the will roll back against you. But now mm-hmm. if you start taking these from complementary schools, mm-hmm. you've now got that three higher. It's three harder for them to break out. And it's now mm-hmm. part of your plan to cast this stuff on them sure. and make it really hard for them to get out. So I give yep. this a high B on this one. I would agree. So the opposite of the, the thing is if you cast this on mind control, let's say, that makes it plus three harder for them to break out, right? That's a huge bonus, and that, that yeah. does make it quite strong. The other thing that it does is it allows you, especially later in the game, you will end up... Uh, knowing a lot of different spells, right? And when you know a bunch of different spells, uh, sometimes the reason you can't cast them is because the TN is too hard, but you can use a power word, depending on who you're fighting at the beginning, to activate something. For example, uh, in the campaign we're playing, uh, I took the spell, but okay. it was a little bit hard to cast because it's 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 uh, allied, right? It's from Sigilist, so it would be 14. But after casting Powered, it was equivalent 11, basically. Because if I rolled an 11, I could cast it on a 14. So this allowed me, when I was facing someone where I would need to spell, to activate the spell by casting one spell at the beginning of the game. Well, at that point, it doesn't even need to be need. You're down to 11. You're just like, oh, your plan, gone. Your plan, gone. It's just an 11. Yeah. You just keep wiping their ideas off yeah. the board. Yeah, yeah. But you can do it with all different things, right? Mind control, mm-hmm. obviously, always useful, any kind of will thing. Uh, but the issue with Power Word is, especially in multiplayer games, it works on anyone that casts that spell. So, for example, I really wanted to use Transpose with mm-hmm. Power Word, but I kept on going against uh, uh, spellcasters who also had Transpose. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to cast it because suddenly my opponent uh, also gets that power, right? And especially one-on-one, you could say maybe it's worth it, right? But because you're both getting the ability, it just becomes a transpose battle. But when you have three people uh, going, you you like one person gets negative, but then another opponent gets uh, stronger, right, in that spell, it can often not actually be worth it to, make sure to you cast. Team up, just make sure you both team up on the other guy then. It's yeah, all cool. Sure. It's all cool. Just arrange your tactics around that, and you're good. Sure. I guess I'm just not good enough uh, at uh, at uh, 
at, at what do you call it at at uh, diplomacy. So mm-hmm. instead, I just wanted to attack that guy. <laughs> Yeah, so little, I ended little... up just reducing transpose to a level I could just cast it normally instead of trying to uh, get power word, cast power word to use it. So, but overall, still a, a great, a great spell. Um, but I actually think draining word is better. Mm, okay. Yeah. It well it depends on what you want. It messes with people more. That's what you want, is it? Okay. All right. <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe it's just a playstyle thing. All right, next one uh, is Push. So this is a TN8 line of sight, and basically when you succeed, you do a plus 10 attack, which is, if you if you know the rules, this is a maximum plus on the spell. You cannot go over plus 10 on a roll. Uh, and However, when you hit the guy, instead of doing damage, for every damage you would have done, they're moved back one inch. And if they're uh, above you, they get lifted into the air and then fall to their doom. Hmm. That part's kind of interesting. Yeah. So what do you think? Oh, I think it doesn't get you that much close. So it, it, you could kind of see this getting you closer to getting treasure because if the guy's walking towards the treasure, you push him back. Mm-hmm. But the problem is if like you're playing with enough terrain, you're probably never getting a huge push. Mm-hmm. So I'm just worried that it gets to be too situational. And I'd rather be doing stuff to the to that guy who's going after the treasure, like cursing him, possibly even like pulling the treasure towards you with TK. There's mm-hmm. just so many other things I'd rather be doing to mm-hmm. stop someone to get, from getting closer to the treasure or closer to my guys mm-hmm. that I don't feel like this is a quality support spell, so I'm dropping it down to a C. I think you're again wrong. I think this is a this is a, actually a solid B. I, I'd say this is possibly even a B plus. Pushing someone away is often the same thing as killing them. Because you push them away so they can't do anything, and then you you, you go on, on on your merry way. Uh, that is really good. It also stops your opponent from ever trying to uh, go go on any level above your wizard. <laughs> because you will literally shoot them into the sky and they will die interesting you could then position your wizard up on top of something but if you're on top of something then they can no, shoot no, you, more you want them exposed. lower no, yeah. no no you can't push them down you push them up into the air so you are below so whenever they try it basically stops your opponent mm-hmm. from ever going on the second floor and it keeps them on the ground because you know because if you push them up they, i think they they take so 1.5 times the damage of any uh, in inches or something like that, or two times, something like that. Uh, if you push them, I think it's two times. I don't know. I should have looked this up. Anyways, I've, I've shot many a guy to their doom from trying to go on the second floor using push. Um, and also you can use these things to push uh, monsters away. You can use push to push monsters into your opponent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is way again. Just movement is very, very versatile and very useful in this game. And I think the fact that it's only TN eight really makes it very useful uh, to cast and resolve these things. For example, like you can push rates, right? That's rates true, you don't push... even get hit by terrain. 
Mm-hmm. They don't get blocked by terrains. They just keep on going. Yeah. I guess it's not shooting attacks. You could shoot it into combat. Potentially and remove guys from combat. Should I go for the... Try and look at the exact wording on the right. win. It is not a shooting attack. It's a plus 10 attack. Yeah, shooting attack could hit your own guy, in which case your own guy would get angry at you and leave your warband. But... Yep. You could actually free your guys from combat with this. Interesting. Yep. All right, on that part, I might give through it, guys too. That's that's it, where it's I really good. That's where I really see its utility is if you're trapped in combat with something you really need out. Like if it's a guy with treasure and he's trying to get away and they lock him, mm-hmm. then then I actually see this as being way more useful. As you push them off, then some guy who activates with your wizard rushes them to lock them, and then yep. they can't get at the guy who's the treasure. And the guy with the treasure gets away. I'm now see how you can actually get the treasure using this. That might be the situation I would give this a B for. It's shooting it's strong. I've just used it so often. Like when you have it, you're never sad. Like this is often the best spell to cast when you have it. Mm. Often because it's so easy to cast. It's just it doesn't seem that strong because it's not doing damage, but just moving guys and pushing them around is often just like crazy. Mm. All right, I'm gonna have to see it to believe it. All right. B, mi- B minus for being able to shoot, <laughs> for being able to get guys. I think it's a B plus. Combat, which Lee right. could do too. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Le- leap though is only your friendly guys. Yeah, it gets gets your guy out of combat. That's all I want. Sure. So, right, the last one uh, is right scroll. This is a very obvious one, so anyone can ha- cast this. It's a TN twelve. Uh, it's out of game after. Uh, and if you successfully cast it, you create a scroll of any spell that you know. Yep, pretty short one. Or apparently, actually, I didn't realize this. If you know, if you have a grimoire, you can still you can actually create a scroll of something even if you haven't learned it. I didn't even uh, realize that. I assume we level better. so. I assume we level so fast. You always have your grimoires <laughs> learned, whatever. So it does it a couple levels. You can sell it for a few coin here and there. Yeah, that too. Yep. So uh, what do you think of the spell? I think this is a really solid support spell. Because if mm-hmm. you're going for those high cast spells in game and you want them to go off at a critical moment, this is mm-hmm. what lets you do this. So you can play for some really like risky maneuvers where you're going to have to cast on like a 16 mm-hmm. or something of some spell mm-hmm. that's not your own. But you know it's going to go off. So you can put yourself in dangerous, more dangerous positions than you ever would without having to worry about cutting to make them go off. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's out of game to get the whole thing set up, so you're not wasting yep. your valuable time in game. So I give this a B plus. Like I'm close to an A right. on this one almost. Yeah, right. So what do you think about the uh, the right scroll? I just gave it like a high B, not not quite an A, but it's, I'm getting close to it. I think this is an A. This is crazy good spell having scrolls Mm -hmm. for spells uh is really strong when i got the spell of sigilus i didn't take this initially Mm -hmm. uh it enabled so much like you're talking about being able to cast things like mind control or fireball or wall or any spells that you normally have trouble casting or i think we talked about this before um uh time walk or time store yeah yeah anytime it comes uh, to a key moment on your like high cost spell like you can yep. cast you're like oh this is a 16 
but I know it's going to work. Like you can come up with a crazy plan that requires a high cast spell. Yep. And you can build a plan around it. Can... Yep. If you have time store, mm-hmm. right? Any spell, like oftentimes when you get grimoires, you you learn spells that become very very hard to cast. Well, if you have right scroll, you can activate any of those spells. So if you roll it, it like when I was playing, uh, I ended up using right scroll instead of power word because yeah. for the spell or transpose, mm-hmm. right? Um, instead of having to cast power word first, um, I just wrote scroll, right scrolled that spell outside a game. And then when it came to casting it, I would always have a backup, right? So this is specifically what I did with Dispel. Just my, my both my wizards just had scrolls of Dispel. So they would try to cast it. If it failed, they just used their scroll. Hmm. And this is so... This this is the spell, actually, that makes a Sigilist a Sigilist. And I, I really think it is an A spell. It's so strong. And if you have too many scrolls because you filled up your hands and stuff, because, mm-hmm. you know, you have some magical items, like a Fate Stone or something. Um, but once you've done that, then you can start using Right Scroll just to sell it for 30 gold. Yeah, I'm playing an Enchanter gold. right yeah. now, and I've taken Right Scroll just because it seems that good so okay maybe i'm willing to give this one an a because it lets you because this does get you this is how you like get treasure or make your plans happen which is mm-hmm. what the game is about like making your plans and when go you off. learn and learning spells that oftentimes you have no no reason to like a sigilist is the only one who can often like doesn't feel bad about getting their opposite school's spells mm-hmm because if they have the grimoire, they can just red, red scroll the thing and they can still cast those spells, even though it's plus six to cast, which normally would make it impossible to cast. Yeah, and you just leave it around your vault in case, yeah. like, maybe you don't think you're going to use this game, but if you use up all the other scrolls, you're like, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I'll get this one going. Super good. All right. Well, those are all of the spells. So now we're going to uh, the align spells. So the Sigilist has three different ones, like every single school, uh, but they are uh, the Enchanter, the Illusionist, and the Thaumaturge. So do you want to go first about uh, what Enchanter spells you want to do? Yeah, sure. I think you went first on these last time. So the Enchanter's Enchanter's good. I mean, well, I'm playing the Enchanter. Yes, I'm playing the Enchanter, but for some reason... I don't seem to be taking these Enchanter spells. <laughs> this is weird. Enchanter has so many good spells. We already yeah, went through, through Yeah, them. I know. So because there isn't a good in-sigilist shooting attack, I think Grenade is an excellent mm-hmm. choice because it casts on a 10 and sure. only puts it up to a 12 for being close to you, which if you were trying to cast the Elementalists once, you know, 12 plus 2 for their shooting ones, so 14, that's a little high. So... Grenade, I think, mm-hmm. is a very strong choice for this. Strength mm-hmm. is also another always solid one, because it's only on a 10 as well. But mm-hmm. I'm still thinking Grenade's higher. And then Telekinesis. So Sure. All um, great spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Telekinesis, again, that's one of those spells that helps you get to the treasure uh, sooner. You can pull the treasure next to your... Uh, rune explosive rune another way you can get people to uh 
mm-hmm. explode onto those runes. Uh, but the other things that um, I had for Enchanter are... I, so I did, like, Grenade. It's a solid shooting spell. Uh, it's only 12 when you when you have it, so it's definitely usable. And we, we have said that it's kind of a broken spell. It's very good. Uh, then uh, the other two, I think we, we didn't really mention this, but Enchant Weapon is... is is always good. Well, you didn't mention it. Uh, but that is always useful to buff up your guys. And the last thing is strength. Again, just to buff up your guys. Strength is also a very, very powerful spell uh, that while you're aligned, it only costs TN12 because I believe it's TN10, right? So it's very castable. And so I really I really think those those ones, just to buff up the Sigilist's uh, close combat ability, yeah. uh, are really useful. Yeah, I get the impression the Sigilist is going to have to, like, get in some fights. But we'll see. Maybe I won't Everyone has build. to get in fights. I know. But, I don't know. All right, next one. All right, Illusionist. So, I'll go first this time? Sure. Uh, so, for the Illusionist, I had two spells that I really like. Uh, one is... Well, I, I've already said I like all Illusionist spells, almost. But, uh... The two that I'm I'm thinking that pair well with Sigilist is one is Beauty, uh, because it allows you again to get close with Explosive Rune, mm-hmm. uh, so that really does that's a that's always a good spell to have to keep your Sigilist safe, and if you want to go into those kind of more you know, getting in there kind of uh, Sigilists, Beauty is a really good backup uh, or protection basically from getting hurt even when you get close. And then the other one is my favorite spell in the game, Transpose. So Transpose is, again, another good thing with Explosive Rune. So you can play Explosive Rune, then move one of your guys within one inch and transpose them. And they they enter the explosion radius. Yeah. So so generally what you're doing is you would activate your Sigilist and the guy so that if you fail on... uh, transposing them into the rune you can just move that guy okay right so you can move him away so he's not actually so so they so he's not don't open? Okay. allow that yeah he's not well he's not within explosive room uh explosive area of the rune if you fail right so then they can just run a crappy guy in and explode the rune on your own guy okay. but yes uh and then of course transpose is like the best spell in the game so oh yeah. did i tell you actually uh we were we played it so that uh transpose like in the, in the game that we just played uh we played it so that transpose needs a will roll on uh monsters because why why do they want to be tk why do they want to be moved yeah why yeah why do they want to be transposed it's way too strong the fact that they that monsters don't actually resist transpose mm-hmm. so it did make the spell worse but i still ended up transposing monsters <laughs> it was totally worth it all right yep no i actually just agree with you on those two trans all right i'm not sure if trans there's another one later on which maybe you go all in on this because i feel like mm-hmm. how i build sigilus will have to be an all would be an all-in thing so i mm-hmm. say the transposer beauty all right same thing uh the last one i guess we did say glow but i don't think you actually want to pair that with fierce quill honestly because that's two spells on one guy to double up. Like you might as well just glow them mm-hmm. if you're just talking about shooting. All right, the last one is the Thaumaturge. So what did you have for this one? 
So I think you already talked about this a bunch. Is Dispel mm-hmm. from the Thaumaturge is really solid on a 12 plus 2 of 14. It's worth it when your opponents cast something that you absolutely have to get out of the way if you're Mind doomed. Control. Yep. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, take your own. Well, whatever. We'll get there. And then heal, because heal is just sort of an easy 8 plus 2. Get some extra yep. health back. Get some of your buddy's health back. But, yeah, honestly, just... Dispel was probably the more the way to go because it could get you out of just completely losing. So, Yep. Uh, the last one that I would think about, depending on the other spells you have, is Blinding Light. Yes. So just because Blinding Light is a solid spell, it costs 8, so it becomes 10 uh, once you in, uh, in Sigilist. So it's a solid spell depending on what you're using, If depending on the other spells that you choose, right? Just another solid way to stop guys from walking around or, or escaping with treasure often, right? Solid spell. They do get a will roll, but it, it's often used. Mm-hmm. All right. So we had pretty similar ones on that. Usually we're more mm-hmm. different on this, but and we, we seem to be pretty much on the same lines on these complementary spells. All right. Let's see for the, the neutral spells if we're still this lined up. All right. I guess I'll do all of mine. Yeah. Uh, so I had, uh, Animal Companion, because having giant monsters, bears, yep. <laughs> sorry, but bear, uh, monsters are bears, uh, bears are monsters, just saying, in this game, bears are monsters. Uh, so Animal Companion, uh, Fog is often useful, because it's just a general good spell to have. Curse is also just a general good spell, depending on what you're you're using outside of that, especially if you end up using Transpose or things like that. Um, and then uh, Wizard Eye is also useful. Again, a lot of these spells really depend on what other spells you're taking, right? The Sigilist so, op- will often be helping you do other spells better, that's right? Exactly, that's Not, exactly what I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it... So it's Sigilus is kind of a, a weird school in that it just allows you to take to do all of these different things in other other schools. So having these so depending on the other spells you take, Wizard Ike is often you know critical in being able to do that. Ray Zombie, because it's just a strong spell to have another guy running around. And the mm-hmm. last one, uh, I, I guess I have to mention this because of uh, We've been what the list the I had before. No. Uh, no. None. Bones of the Earth. Really? Not expecting Yes. It. To slow people down. I mean, I'm taking I Bones just, of the Earth and yeah. casting them multiple times every game, and that one didn't even come to me. All right. Yep. It's TN10, so it's TN14. And again, because of the Sigilist, you can use Power Word or, or generally Write School, I think, to slow people down. Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. So mine? Yep. So trying to go all in on something, which, as you just discussed, the Sigilist is there to support something else. So you're you're going to have to pick something from somewhere else. I see that uh-huh. as being, like, after reading, after going through all the Sigilist spells, your goal, mm-hmm. I think, is to pick some other stuff to do, which means that mm-hmm. we're now looking to our S-tier spells. So mm-hmm. why why even beat around the bush? Just go right for the Fair S-tier of the S-tier spells. I want mind control. That That's fair. I guess this makes sense why you think Power Word is stronger. Because uh, Power Word plus Mind Control is 
very strong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, like like you Fair said, enough. if you're gonna support something, you support you know get behind the best. And then after yeah. that, I'd sort of be looking towards the necromancer for like you mentioned, Ray Zombie. Because why not have that extra guy just kind of lying around? Always helpful. Yeah. It's out of game as well, so you're not having to spend your time in game getting that zombie on the board. And then possibly if you haven't taken Dispel, maybe take Spell Eater because you wanted Heal from Thaumaturge. So mm-hmm. those are the ones. That's like actually that. a good pairing. That's a good pairing. You have Heal. You can right scroll the mm-hmm. Dispel. Or sorry, the Spell Eater, so you can do it off, get it off easily. Yep. Good idea. All right. So I think I've already basically said what my build is. So sure. Should I go for my build? Right. You just you go for yeah, your yeah, builds yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so let's change it up this time. Okay. You go you go for it. You already said you almost said it already, so... <laughs> yeah. All right. So, for the spells I would actually take... Mm-hmm. I might as well just start with the big one. It's Power Word, because I intend to empower the spell that's not in my school to just go uh-huh. all in on that. Even though I said... At the beginning, I usually play by doing a little bit here, a little bit there. I don't think that mm-hmm. I don't think that's the way to play the sigilist. Well, maybe you could take two go-to spells and you choose like depending on the game what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. But I want power word. Then after that, I want to go for the top some of the top support spells, and I want I want absorb knowledge. I want to be doing okay. stuff out of game. I just want that XP because maybe maybe I don't get enough XP in the game and I want to level faster. And, sure. you know, I don't even want to be casting the Sigilist spells in this game, honestly. Sure. <laughs> I'm just just going to cast it out of game. And the other one we said is essential for Sigilist, right scroll, because we're yep. going to try and make some crazy game plans happen here <laughs> with Sigilist. I'm so, yep. so I'm going to need I'm going to need that scroll up for whatever crazy plan I come up with. Uh-huh. After that, honestly, I feel I have to have a shooting spell. And Grenade is a magic shooting spell, because magic stuff's going to... Like creatures that you need magic to attack are probably going to appear on the board. You need a shooting mm-hmm. attack, honestly, in my opinion. So I want grenade from the enchanter. Mm-hmm. Then over to the illusionist, I want transpose because just in I case you said correct. your opponent has mind control, maybe I yeah. power word transpose, or maybe I just want to throw yep. one of my guys into them at the same time. So yep. it's a strong out-of-school spell. It's a 12 plus 2 on a 14, but hey, maybe you've got mm-hmm. power word up. Maybe you've got the scroll up. We can we can do crazy stuff now. And then over to Thaumaturge, between, like I said before, Dispel and Heal, I probably honestly just want Dispel. Like, I don't know. Okay, I play sure. pretty safe. I play pretty safe, so Heal's less likely. Then, as I said, for the neutrals, Mind Control is going to be, the main, it's going to be plan A for the game. And then I kind of just feel like raising zombie because maybe I'll transpose the, this worthless zombie I didn't pay for over to one of their guys, and then their guy appears at me, and then we all we all just beat on him. So that's my yep. that's my plan. Transpose and mind control for the win. All right. Uh, so mine is actually quite it's, it's similar somewhat, but different. So uh, the three spells that I chose from Sigilist are, like I said, the essential one, right scroll. Uh, then I chose Explosive Rune. I yeah. really like Explosive Rune. Uh, it's All just right. a, a good, solid damaging spell. Very versatile. Great at at, at stopping magical monsters coming, right? Because it's a plus five uh, five sh- shooting attack or a plus five attack. 
and then the last spell that I took is Draining Word. Because I am a I'd rather instead of making my spells strong, make your spells okay. worse and then make you upset. So <laughs> Yeah, it'll make another sigilist so upset because, yeah. like we said, they have a game yeah. plan. But it yeah. doesn't normally make me upset because exactly. usually I just dabble. So what? That. So if you did it for with with mind control, I would literally put up draining word, and now your mind control, you know, it, your mind control is now not doing nearly as good. Uh, although it's still, I guess, TN fourteen minimum. Uh, the other thing is if you don't like messing with people as much, I would actually choose push as the other spell. Because, like I said, there's so much versatility in there. You can also push people into runes, which is kind of fun sometimes. Mm. So if you push them through the rune, then they will explode on them. Uh, For the enchanter spell, I chose strength. And that's specifically just to make the guys... Because, again, because I'm using explosive rune, I'm going to be more close to the people. So I want uh, strength guys so that they can just win combats. Uh, so you would think I would choose beauty because of yeah. that, but actually no, I would choose transpose for illusionist because uh, transpose is the best spell, and so with writing scroll transpose, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's great. You can just cast transpose, uh, and so uh, and then the last one that I would choose, uh, I, this is a toss up between heal and dispel. I actually thought I would choose heal, so um, the spell is very very strong. And it, honestly, if, if people have, but I, because I'm taking draining word, I feel like I'm already kind of negating a lot of my opponent's super strong spells. Uh, I think he the spell is almost the value of the spell is lower, right? So I would choose heal. Heal is just a great spell. You, you will usually cast it once during a game, right? So it's a great spell to have. Um. So besides that, the thing that makes the rest of the things make sense is I'm going to take Animal Companion. Okay, I'm so for that. you're going to play so, up and yeah, dirty in their you, face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you basically take two monsters, i.e., bears. You strength your bear, then you transpose your bear, uh, and yeah, you profit. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. And if your bear gets hurt, that's why I took heal. Because you can heal your bears so they can keep on fighting. So everything is there to help make my bears awesome. Now, of course, if they, if I face a witch and or, or someone who has control animal, this build will be sad. But, but besides that, uh, it's a great spell. So I think that's basically how things are working. And, and in that case, actually, maybe I could take Spell Eater as the last spell yep. if I needed to. But I'm actually going to take Bones of the Earth to help, again lock people in so mm-hmm. i can do things like lay a explosive room around them or stop them from running away so my bear can come up and beat them in the face the fun thing with explosive rune is if they survive the explosive rune because the explosive because the 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 uh, uh what do you call it bones of the earth is not actually a, a unit they're still locked in combat with the with the the hand that's holding them there because the the rune doesn't go off on them okay so that's kind of the the synergy that i'm thinking and so you can so yeah that's uh that's the general uh list that i have and i think that that will work quite well i think okay because there are a lot of missions where you get experience for your wizard going or your apprentice going really up the board and like going Mm -hmm. into something touching something 
So mm-hmm. that sort of build would be good. Like this aggressive build would be good for that. Like it'd be yeah. nice to have beauty if you're going that aggressive, but you can't have everything. Transpose is too strong. Yeah, exactly. If you could get a, get beauty from like a, a grimoire, but again, the right scroll allows allows you i guess i guess you could do power word uh and red scroll but that would allow you to basically and use any spell you pick up which is one of those things that makes sigilist deceptively powerful right yeah all right so uh those are our spell lists what kind of uh uh soldiers would you end up taking with them i feel like i want a lot of shooting i don't i'm trying to think what it is about this but mm-hmm. I get the impression that I don't want to be, because I'm mind controlling and transposing. I feel like my mm-hmm. plan isn't to just sort of like play football with the guys and just try and like tackle them for the treasure. I just want to mind control the treasure, pull it over, walk him over mm-hmm. to me. I want to transpose the guy over to me. So mm-hmm. I feel like unlike your build, where you're going to get like in their face and have some massive brawl with them. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm sitting a little further back with this, so I'm going to want to reach out and shoot people. So I'm going to be spending most of my points on possibly crossbowmen, like honestly, to just churn out some damage and then grenade them to finish them off out of my That's points fair. I spend on specialists. All right, so for me, uh, strength is really good with a Templar. So I would choose a Templar. Uh, a treasure hunter for speed because uh, if you if you see my spells I don't have as much uh, speed like actual speed things like transpose allows slower guys to get there but it doesn't actually make the top level speed faster uh, so I t- uh, took a treasure hunter and then the last one is just some range so just an archer I like the moving and shooting better so that is my list for the soldiers that I would take. Again, I would probably try to upgrade. You know, get the last thing is probably something like a ranger. But double templar does sound very nice. Double strength, double templar. Ooh. You've already got bears to give strength. How many strengths can you put up? Like, it's only so much time uh, to put up strength. Four. <laughs> oh, it takes two rounds. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so yes, you're right. I would probably take a ranger as the last one. Mm-hmm. And then try to upgrade the archer into another ranger. Yep. So that is uh, my list of soldiers. So the final thing then is how do you rate the sigilist? Honestly, I f- it didn't. Its spells don't feel good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Only because it can support anyone else. Like. If it didn't have yep. such good support spells, it would be a C. The support spells are sure, okay. but half of the spells are support. Everything spells. is support. So its spells are honestly like its spells are a bunch of C's for me, but because they support other mm-hmm. things really well, I give it a B. I would say so. Sigilus is an A mm. because as time goes on, the sigilist really get stronger especially relative to other guys where they go all in on one thing sigilist can both disrupt opponents uh strong things with things like draining word and then it can also support unlike the best out of any school 
uh, new grimoires because it has Red Squirrel Power Word, right? So that really allows it to go wide uh, way better than any other school. It is the go wide school, right? Where you have all these different things and you're able to roll with any grimoires you get. And it, it so it's just so, it's it's just really strong. And if you take Absorb Knowledge, you're going to be higher level than your opponent as well. So you're outpacing them in spells too. You get the more grimoires, then you get the more right scrolls. You have scrolls for those uh, spells that you are actually grimoiring. It just becomes so versatile in the end. Like this is the only, I guess... Your your opponent has to have really good magical items to compete with your sigilist. Whereas your sigilist can give up magical items to everyone else, and they're just taking, let's say, a fate stone or something and a power step uh, uh, and a staff of power, and that's all they need. And then three different scrolls, right, or two scrolls for your thing for your uh, apprentice, and you will be casting them. I just I really like the sigilist and enchanter, illusionist, and thaumaturge is a really good. Uh, 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 um, what do you call aligned spells to use? Those are really strong. I'd say Enchanter and Illusionist are are possibly the two strongest. Uh, so having both of those in your aligned school, and then having Thaumaturge, which has Dispel and Heal, which are like some of the best support, if not the best support spells in the game. It's just a great overall package. It has good aligned schools. Like there's no question about that. Yeah. And it has the support spells to make those things go off. Yeah, it's just my playstyle. I prefer right from the get-go. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to wait to have my spells build up, and nor do I want to... You go. don't have to wait. Yeah. That's I the don't... whole point. Everyone else has to wait because they have to level up those spells. The Sigilist mm-hmm. is the only one who doesn't have to wait because they just write scrolls for any spells that they want to cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just prefer to be able to dabble and do a spell for this, do a spell for that, do a little spell for this. That's why you want no. to use a Sigilist. Dabbling uh-huh. is the exact thing that the Sigilist is better than any other school to do if you're into dabbling. Yeah, but I don't want to have to wait to get all those scrolls. I just want to just here, here, here. No, I want... I don't I'm just telling to you, man. I, I'm telling you. I don't want play, to play You've got to play the Sigilist. I bet you you'll love the Sigilist. If you I like dabble, be... you will love the Sigilist. I'm telling you. Mm. You can even, once you fill up your scrolls, uh, you start getting money from the right scroll. I don't know. I'm just not seeing it. I'm seeing it as having to go too much. I don't know. Transfers my control. My wizard was really strong uh, in the last, the last one, and he was a, well, she was a sigilist, mm-hmm. and it did all of those things. And I didn't even start off like I took bridge, which is like the only spell in the sigilist that I think is kind of garbage. Uh, as one of my starting spells, and the sigilist still ended up being amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. Later on, later on in the campaign, it's fine because you bring your scroll casting down a little bit or your spell casting. Actually, down you don't even bit. have to. Don't even yeah, have cast. to. You, what other school can take a random, super strong sixteen cast spell and start using it from the beginning of the game? No other oh. spell spellcaster can do that. Yeah, you, you gotta use maybe a thaumaturge because they can heal themselves. You can't because you can't write scrolls. It's too many scrolls to write. <laughs> too many to hold on to. It works, man. It works. I gotta be full of orbs All right. and staffs and two hands. It's weapons. okay. We, this this is our, I think the first one where we're so far apart. But I gotta say, I use a sigilist. 
it worked out pretty well. So. Uh huh. Did Did you think that my my spellcaster was weak last game? I don't think so. I think it was very strong. I I, w- I would be happy any on any one on one. Yeah, because you're casting good mind controls. Mind control is annoying. That's why I just. I didn't. I didn't. I never cast a mind control. I really? never had mine. Just transposing. I had mm-hmm. to spell. Mm-hmm. I had to spell as transpose. And this is one thing. Do you, do you like I said? I didn't level up transpose. Oh no, I didn't level up the spell. No, you level up right scroll. I would think. Just, you need yeah, to I just sh- had right scroll, scroll. And you only need two two dispels in general in a game, or well, two or three, right? Because you can also succeed. Just you know, roll it right, and then if you fail, you use the right scroll. So I'm just telling you, man. It they're really re- they're deceptively strong. It it really is the sigilist as a support thing because they go all in on this kind of support thing. It's deceptively a very strong school. All right. Well, it seems like I even though I played you and readers uh, or, or listeners note beat the pants off of him, but we don't have to uh, talk about that except I for that know. stupid uh, strength infantryman. That that guy was my bane. Yeah. But all the other guys. And having other, control, uh, and I had control animal to take your bears. That didn't matter. Right. Didn't matter. Uh-huh. I dispelled it. Uh-huh. People would take it. I would just dispel it. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. It's a lot of work for them to try to roll it, and then also sometimes fail, and then if they fail, then I immediately dispel it, and it basically does nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I nothing was for nothing. Totally fine, tr- by the way. Just, just <laughs> no. Because sometimes they would miss, and then I would do other things. Mm-hmm. So it was all upside. All right. This obviously is not working. Well, this is obviously means not 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 working. This is obviously uh, at an impasse. But uh, I guess anyone listening, uh, why don't you come and you tell us who is right? Is the sigilist an A or a low or did you say a C or did you say a low B or somewhere low, in between? It's like a low B. A low B or something yeah. in between. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to tell us, you can uh, comment on, on any of well, – uh, on the video or you can uh, email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or find us on Facebook. We're Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's from Brandon. Bye.